Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I'm Jack Kennedy with my great co-host, Mace Martinez, and this is your podcast with the latest in MMA. I'm Jack Kennedy, and they hit a lot harder, in my opinion, too. Mace Martinez. He put Aldo stiff in 13 seconds before Bruce Buffer could even plant his ass in his seat. I'm Marcos Diaz. You can't keep getting opportunities if you get hurt. And this is the MMA Island Podcast. So let's go ahead and get into it. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, Real quick, before we do, though, check us out. We will be on the live uh, video for Instagram, MMA Island. Check us out. We'll be live to kind of get you hyped up before the fights Saturday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, come check us out. It'll be really fun. But we have a great podcast for you today. Lots to talk about. Um, we're going to be going over two big key points. We had a fight night on a Wednesday, which was amazing. Um, 265, our heavyweight champion by the end of the year, who we think it will be. And three fights we are most looking forward to watching on this upcoming card for Saturday. So let's go ahead and get into it. There were two related uh, people to famous UFC fighters, champions. Umar Nurmagomedov, who is obviously Habib Nurmagomedov's cousin, fought and won. And Francisco Figueiredo, who is Davison Figueiredo's brother, fought and won as well. What do you think about these guys and just everything that's they're related to and everything? What, what do you think about this? And for Umar, man, he looked, he's a young stud. He's 24 years old. He's 13-0 now, perfect record. Uh, like you said, the younger cousin of Khabib. Um, and I, I obviously we all know who Khabib is. Uh, Umar's fought in the PFL, Guerrilla Fighting Championship. So uh, an impressive debut for him, uh, obviously. Uh, the rear naked choke win in the second round. A somewhat better showing than Khabib, obviously, during uh, uh, apparently during uh, Khabib's debut because he, he made that clear during the, the post-fight interview. Um, in my opinion, you know, 135 just got another young prospect, a young, talented prospect in there. So uh, I'm interested to see how he progresses. As far as Francisco goes, uh, like you mentioned, that the, the younger brother of Davison, obviously we know who Davison is, the uh, current UFC champion. Uh, he got a nice debut win as well. Um, he scored takedowns in every round of the fight, ended the fight on top. Uh, a decent ground and pound work. Uh, Jimmy Rivera really had nothing for him. Uh, and I, I know that's a young kid too. He, he's trying to get going in the UFC as well. So I'll do respect to him, but he just had nothing for him really. Um, have there been more impressive UFC debuts? Yes, there has. But uh, he got the win. That's what he needed to do, uh, obviously, to start off on the right foot. And like I said about Nirmaga Madoff, I'm, I'm excited to see this guy as well. This guy progressed. I know he's a, a bit older. I think he's 31. So uh, some would say, I guess, a late debut in the UFC. But he's there nonetheless, and, and he got a victory uh, to, to start off with. So uh, hopefully he just keeps progressing and, and – Maybe we'll see flashes of his of his brother in there. Yeah, I was so impressed. And for me, it's so crazy to watch these guys who you know are related and, and obviously are very close to these legendary UFC fighters, especially in Habib's case. Obviously, Davison Figueroa is looking like a very strong flyweight champion right now. So it's great to see that. Um, it's tough for your opponent, too, whenever you're facing, even if you are even on just a skill set level, just that bit more of fight IQ because you have that top tier guy in your corner gives you, oh, yeah. you the advantage over someone else, which is so interesting to watch. Um, for me, Umar had the way more impressive uh, uh, debut. He looked so good from start to finish. Um, 
what makes him dangerous is one fan weight. So he's very quick on the feet. He looks amazing. Habib definitely does not have that stand-up. Umar has a stand-up base. And whenever you have a stand-up base and get to train with Habib Nurmagomedov with your wrestling and everything, that's a good combination. That's championship combination right there. He looked amazing, dominated every second of that fight. I mean, he, he took a couple of exchanges, but that's just getting in the octagon and getting used to it, like Habib said in the uh, post-fight interview. So I was so impressed with him. Um, I think he will move up the rankings pretty quickly, especially with just the name that he has and his pedigree. And, and yes, he is a little bit older, but for me, fighters could retire at what seems like a younger age if they've been fighting longer. I kind of, it's my own little thing I think about is their fight age. How long have they actually been fighting for? Because they might not be 40 or, or, or they might only be like 31, but if they've been fighting for a long time, then that's more wear and tear, meaning they'll retire at a different time. Umar has a lot of career ahead of him. Just like in my opinion, Calvin Cater, he's like 32. But he's got a lot of career ahead of him because he hasn't been fighting, especially in, in the UFC, taking that much damage as long. So I, he's got a long career ahead of him. I'm so excited to watch that. And when you have that type of guy in your corner, he's going to go pretty far. As for Francisco, again, a, a good debut. One, definitely not as dominant. Uh, he, was, he was finding a tougher opponent, in my opinion, which is another thing to it. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's another. It's, it's, it's definitely an exciting debut. Um and I think there's a lot of room to improve. But for me, just overall, seeing Nurmagomedov, Umar Nurmagomedov, and the entire skill set that he brings, that was one of the highlights of the fight night that I was watching. I, I watched that fight, and I was like, that's a guy you got to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. And, and like we both said, bottom line is they got the victory, and that's that's a great way to start your UFC career. Yep. So, And yeah, and like you mentioned as well, Umar having Khabib in his corner, if that's going to be something that continues, then yeah, he's only going to get better. And and if he's got the stand-up game to come with it, he's going to be pretty damn good. Absolutely. All right. We had a very interesting main <clears throat> event on this Wednesday fight night. Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny went the distance. Chiesa won pretty much every single round. Not pretty much. He did win every single round. Uh, what are you making of this dominant win by Michael Chiesa? Yeah, he said it. He, he looked great, man. His grappling is so good. Um, I didn't realize how good his grappling was until he actually fought Diego and just really owned him on the ground. Uh, obviously, he's, he's quite a bit bigger than Diego, but still just his skill and the technique yeah. and everything is, is just perfect. And he suffocated Neil Magny the majority of the fight. Uh, ended quite a few rounds on top. Magny had his moments throughout the fight. I know he had, he had a, a pretty good takedown, I think, in second or third round, but didn't really do nothing with it. Um, Kies is now 4-0 at 170. It's, it's obvious that, at least right now, that that's where he belongs. Um, and if he can develop a, some sort of ground and pound game, then he'll be a nightmare for people. Obviously, yeah. he's got the grappling, and he, he's he's able to control these guys on the ground and pretty much do what he wants with them. Uh, I didn't think that the fight with Magni was going to be that not easy, but, I mean, he, he had his way with them pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So a ground and pound to go with that, and, and this guy would be scary. Um, I like the call out of Colby Covington. I think it's good to put yourself out there like that. But uh, in my opinion, Covington is just on another level right now. I think that uh, I respect what Mike did and what he's trying to do with that call out. But um, and also he said, you know, if if I'm wanting to fight for the belt at 170, then these are the guys I'm going to have to fight eventually. So I, I respect that. And I respect the call out. I just feel like right now it'd probably be he'd probably be biting off a little bit more than he could chew uh, with Covington. Um but, you know, with that being said, a great win for him. Like I said, 4-0 at 170. So he's definitely going in the right direction. I just think he needs to pump his brakes on on, on calling out those guys in the top five, especially 
you know, Covington and, and those guys. Yeah, I, you know, I actually did like the call out. I think it's an interesting matchup. I think that'd be a really good fight. Um, but I mean, Covington's just way too high ranked for me at this point. And like, really, we all want to see that Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington fight. And I think that's kind of lining up right now. And not only that, for the tough coaches as well. So yes. I, I think they're already pretty much looking at I feel like he's, I, I, for Colby Covington, it doesn't make sense to fight down at this point. Um, but I do like the call out. And I think it would be a great fight to watch. So, Michael Chiesa looked amazing. Uh, Neil Magny is a very well, well-rounded fighter. Um, and I will say this, I, Michael Chiesa, I did not think he was going to be able to be that dominant over a guy like Neil Magny. Because Neil Magny is no slouch on the ground. In fact, I think that's the only reason he wasn't finished versus Michael Chiesa. He was really fighting for himself. Um, if, you're, if you're not a hardcore MMA fan, it's, you're, you're just kind of like watching it and you're like, okay, well, the guy, Neil Magny is not doing anything. He was doing everything he possibly could against Michael Chiesa, but Michael Chiesa is just that <laughs> dominant on the ground. And what he did on the feet was he improved enough on the feet, took enough time off on the feet to where he couldn't get rocked. He was out of the way. And as soon as Neil Magny would move in, he would close in and get him down. So he was out of the way on the feet, took knockout out of the question, made Neil Magny fight him on the ground. And on the ground, that guy's a wizard. He's, he's the best um, – I don't know about that. I don't know about in the division because Damian Maya is in the division too. And I think he might be the best BJJ of all time in the UFC. Um, that would be a fun matchup, by the way, because Neil Mag- or, uh, uh, Damian Maya is number seven ranked. Michael Gessa is now number eight. Now he'll probably shoot up above that, but yeah. that would be a fun fight. Either way, the huge win for Michael Gessa and his stock only goes up. You're 4-0 in that division, two big wins in a row. Um and, and Neil Magny is a big one, especially over what he's been doing is to just to like Robbie Lawler and everything. So Michael Chiesa, stock is rising. You're not going to get Colby Covington, but um, we'll see what happens. He's definitely going to get a, a definitely a, a high ranked fighter. I don't know. I really, I don't know what his matchmaking is right now. We have to kind of, welterweight is so confusing with everything that's going on. We kind of have to wait to see what pans out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, future is bright for Michael Chiesa. Definitely. Yep. All right, on to our next segment. This concludes it. We've been doing this for a lot of podcasts now. The end is here. Heavyweights, who do you think will be the champion by the end of the year? Man, it's hard to, to bet against Steve. He's just he's been so good and he's the greatest heavyweight champion oh, of yeah. all time, in my opinion. Uh I think he's going to beat Francis uh and retain the title. Um, however, we know that Jones will be next and I can't bet against him, really. So, uh, I think once Jones gets his shot, I think he'll take the belt from Stipe. Um, I think an immediate rematch will probably happen after that. I think Stipe deserves that, uh, no matter who he drops the belt to. Um, but, yeah, I think Jones gets a hold of the belt in, in this year, and I think he keeps it the remainder of the year. Um, and then that becomes his division. So I, I can see Stipe. If Stipe is to drop the belt to Jones, I could see an immediate rematch. The only way I don't see that happening is if he has to somehow drop it to Ngannou. Then you know Ngannou and Jones is going to be the fight that's booked book next, so Stipe is going to be kind of on the outside looking in on yeah. that one. Um, but like I said, I think he beats Francis and, and he gets Jones, and I think Jones takes it from there. Ah, oh, man. I, I love Stipe so much. And and I had a really bad feeling the first time Stipe fought Ngannou just because of the size of Ngannou and the power that he has and everything. And man, Sibe looked amazing. He, he just completely yeah. did what he had to do and, and, and took care of him. I think he was even the betting underdog in that fight. And I think he is again for the rematch, which is crazy to think about with 
in my opinion, he's the only guy, and this is a bit of hot take. I'll get some feedback for this. The only guy to legitimately beat Daniel Cormier twice. Um, John Jones, there was some questionable stuff with performance enhancing drugs, especially the second time. The second time didn't count at all. The first time we don't know. Um, but legitimately, Stipe came back, and not only he got knocked out in the first time, but he came back and beat him twice. So his legacy is already submitted as the greatest heavyweight of all time. And Ganyu is looking unbeatable, in my opinion, though. He looks so good. In his last fight, he already thought he should be getting the title shot, but he was fighting another guy who's an up-and-coming contender, and he did not care. He just walked forward, threw his arms up in the air, and knocked him out. He caught him one time and knocked him out. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, he looks so good right now. And I don't know. Stipe is taking some, he's been in, in some wars. So I'm leaning towards Nganu right now in that fight. And it's not because of the skill level, just because Nganu looks so good right now. And, and off, off of all the wars Stipe's had. However, I think, so by the end of the year, I think Nganu will be the champion. And there's two ways. One, he beats Stipe. And then if he fights Jones, I don't know if that fight will happen by the end of the year. I, I think they might want to do a long build-up for that. Um, this fight's happening in March, so maybe they'll get it done by the end of the year. But I don't know. I think they want to do a super build-up for that. And, and if Jones is ready for that fight yet, because he's still building up weight, it looks like, um, from his Instagram. So we'll see. The other way, though, is if Stipe beats Nganu, and then they fight, then Jones and Stipe fight, I'm actually favoring Stipe in that fight over Jones. Um, just because he's a bigger guy and, and he's more well-rounded and everything. So I would take Stipe in that fight. And then if Stipe beats Ngannou twice, Jones, Daniel Cormier and everything, I think he calls it quits. I think that's a career for Stipe Miocic, just complete dominance. And I think at that point, if he does that, he submits himself as not only the greatest heavyweight of all time, but possibly the greatest fighter of all time doing that. And then Ngannou versus whoever is vacant there, and I don't know who else could beat Ngannou besides Stipe or John Jones. So um, my champion by the end of the year is Nganu. That's a big if with Stipe and Jones. Yes. Yeah. Man, I like that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. We will see. On to our next segment. And this is just getting you hyped a little preview uh, for a little bit of what we'll be doing Saturday. What are your three fights that you're most excited to see for this card coming up? So my first one is uh, Marina Rodriguez and Amanda Rebus, the women's strawweight uh, fight. Uh, Rodriguez number eight, uh, Rebus number 10, I believe. And I'm interested to see how this plays out. Rodriguez has been in the UFC since 2018, and she's 2-1-2, two, and two, which is odd, which is an odd record. Yeah. Um, she draws with Ronda Marcos and uh, more recently Cynthia Calvillo. So both of those women are tough women. So draws against them isn't a bad thing, I guess, really. Uh, it's, it's better than a loss, I guess. Um, and then she she just lost a split decision to uh, Carla Esparza in July of yeah. last year. She's a former champion, so um, she she's not doing too bad right now to start off. And then Rebus obviously is four zero in the UFC. She's got two unanimous decision victories, and then she's got two submission victories. Uh, and then just I think her last one was against Paige Van Zandt. So um, she's looked good, man. And, and if she can beat the number eight fighter in the world at one fifteen, then you know she can jump into the top seven six or seven maybe even the top five i don't know it depends on i mean yeah. you know, some of these and it's crazy to say but these women who are more uh they're better looking they they can fight they can speak <laughs> like the fans seem to 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 gravitate towards these yep. people yep. they seem to jump into these positions a little bit better than 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 people who don't really have the fans gravitating towards them for whatever reason so uh, i think a win for her i mean she's cute she's a cute girl so 
I think she wins. The fans want to see her fight. They want to see her continue to, to, to carry on. I think she could jump into the top five. And I think she gets it done on Saturday. I think she gets it done by decision. So that's, uh, I guess that would be the, the fight I'm looking forward to, the third third most. Second most is obviously, and this is going to go in order, this is going to go co-main and main event. Yep, so the, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Chandler and Hooker for that one. Hooker is obviously coming off the loss to Poirier. Um, he's still a contender, still still a bad dude at 155. He's still as game as they come. Uh, for Chandler, a huge opportunity for him right off the bat. Uh, a great way to make his debut and try to make his mark on 155. Um, the question has always been for him, can he hang with these guys in the UFC, these, these elite guys at the upper echelon of, of mixed martial arts? And we're fixing to find out. As far as that fight goes, um, I, I thought for a while that uh, the Chandler would finish him, but I mean, looking back at the Poirier fight, you know, Hooker's just so damn tough. Oh yeah, I'm not sure if if Chandler can really get him out of there. Um, I I can sense some maybe I can see hesitation coming in on Chandler's part a little bit once he gets in there because it's all well and good building up and everything's going to be fine until you get in there and, and it's time to go. So I think that there'll be some hesitation from Chandler, maybe some uh, reluctancy to kind of engage right off the bat. Uh, so I think that that's gonna that's gonna drag out maybe the first round, maybe maybe even seep into the second. So I think this goes to a decision, but I think Chandler's gonna get it done. I think he feels that he has to get it done um, because you know, like like he said many times when he's coming to this promotion, that he wants a guy in the top five. He's not getting that, but he's getting number six or, or so. So um, yeah. yeah, you know, he said I am who I am. I am who I said I am, or I'm not. So. He's definitely got to go out there and prove that he deserved to get this this type of fight right off the bat. I mean, because there's guys that come in that, I mean, you know, they got to work their way up. So uh, not necessarily the case for him. But uh, I think he gets it done. I think he's able to pull it out. And then the final fight, obviously, for, for obvious reasons, is McGregor and Poirier. Um, you know, the biggest star in the history of the sport is back, obviously, number one. So. Uh, that, that's got to be my number one uh, fight that I'm looking forward to the most. This rematch is six years in the making. Um, and the thing I like most about this fight is there's so much good coming out of it. Um, the, you know, the, the foundation that Dustin and his wife own are, are run. It, it benefits from this fight. The, the people of Louisiana are going to benefit from it. Um, and even though Poirier is going to get beat, in my opinion, he still benefits from it uh, 100%. I know during the press conference today, they actually said that he actually said that McGregor Sports and Entertainment's already reached out and made that donation, yeah. working on making it. So um, that's just great. That's what I that's what I like about this fight the most. Um, I'm excited to see the 155 pound division take some direction. Obviously, Khabib is there, but I think he's just, I think he's just, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. I think he's just playing a game, really. Uh, I don't think he wants the belt taken from him, uh, to be honest. But um, I'm, I'm excited for the division to move on, whether it's with or without him. Now, my official prediction for the fight is McGregor by first round, uh, late first round TKO. All right. I So my three fights, um, my my third fight is the one that's different. I have Matt Frivola versus Alman Aizitar. Sorry, it's a difficult name to pronounce. Um, Alman is a very interesting guy, and he's the guy that just came off this huge face plant knockout in his last fight. Undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a real up-and-coming contender. Matt Frivola is 8-1-1, one, a bit of an, an odd record, but he is a very tough out as well. Almond is going to be very – he's going to be tested in this fight, and I think these guys are going to throw. It's on the McGregor card. McGregor cards usually elevate people and there's fans. It's going to be a banger in my opinion. So that's my third fight. 
um, to look out for. Co-main is my second. It's going to be Hooker Chandler, just for all of the things that you said. Really the Bellator champion for a long time at 155 over there, coming over to the UFC. A lot of hype behind him. Took a while for him to get a fight. He's facing a guy, Dan Hooker, who is one of the toughest guys in that division. Everybody's tough in that division, but he's one of the guys that's just fought a war, a five-round war with Dustin Poirier, who's who's obviously in the headliner. Um, it's going to be a great fight. I cannot wait to see what will happen. Um, I'm not going to predict this fight until Saturday, um, mainly just because I don't know who's going to win it as of right now. I'm, I'm kind of flip-flopping. However, I will say this as a little preview. I don't think Chandler has been cracked like he's about to get cracked by Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker puts a relentless pace. He's fast. He has power too. And a height, a bit, it's a big height difference as well and reach. Yeah. Very, very tough matchup. The question is, can Chandler implement his wrestling into the fight, mix it up, and then land some big shots as well? This is a fight I wish there was a little rumor going around that Dana White would make co-main events five rounds. Right. This is a fight that I would want to see five rounds. It's just such a good matchup. Chandler's first UFC fight. I wonder if this will be one of the fights that we see the loser just start to get going in the third round. It might be one of those. I don't know. I'm so excited about it. And that's my number two. And my number one, uh, I have Jessica. I no, I'm kidding. It's uh, Dustin <laughs> versus Connor. <laughs> um, obviously, obviously this is going to be Dustin versus Connor. Everything you said. It's so good. Everything about this fight, it sells itself. Connor McGregor, Dustin Poirier going at it. Proper 12 versus Dustin Poirier's hot sauce. I cannot wait. The world will be watching. Um, obviously, Connor coming back. Um, real, his first fight since Habib. Very interesting. He's looking a little bit smaller than he did in his last fight. From his last fight, obviously, that's to be expected because 170 to 155. Dustin's looking huge, in my opinion, from the picture that just got taken. I cannot wait. Um, a lot of questions are going to be asked. Uh, obviously, they had the press conference today. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that a lot of that on Saturday as well. Um, just so many things. I, I, there's too much to talk about. I'm so excited. Overall, it's just the MMA fans dream every single time Conor McGregor is fighting. Dustin Poirier is a guy that will bring it to him. The fight sells itself. I cannot wait. Obviously, that is my number one fight I'm looking forward to. Do you have a prediction? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for that one. That's mm -hmm. another. I'm gonna give that one. Uh, I'm gonna Saturday. give that one, uh, Saturday. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe um, on YouTube. You can listen everywhere, iTunes, Spotify. We're all over the place. You know this by now. Leave a review where you can. Follow us on Instagram at MMA Island. Uh, we will obviously be live there Saturday. Check us out 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can come watch us. bunch of people coming on, a whole bunch of stuff. It will be really fun. Get you hyped up for the fights. And check out our website, MMAisland.net. Thank you guys so much for listening and great podcast, Mace. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.